0: You know, it's really amazing watching these early shows, seeing how TNA Impact has kind of evolved from where it started, and really see what it's become right now. It's really fascinating, to say the least. This is your Brace for Impact episode 5. I'm your host, Nate the and Great, here, and we're going to be talking about Final Resolutions 2005, as well as covering the recent show that actually came up for TNA Impact Wrestling which was, against all odds, 2022. So I'm only going to talk briefly about the 2022 show, but I am going to go a little bit more in-depth for Final Resolution 2005, which took place on January 16th, 2005, in the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida, 875 in attendance, with a buy rate of 20,000, which was about the same as the last pay-per-view that I covered In the last episode, which was Turning Point. So, this is something that will indeed be a common factor. Is you're going to see a lot of the 20,000 pay-per-view buy rates go through. There's only one show that really kind of peaks it a bit. But that actually gets into 2006 territory. So, I will cover that when I get to that. But, yeah, no. Honestly, this show was pretty fun. I think by far the shows are getting better and better with everything. Despite the main event results, I will get into talking about that. It's honestly a pretty well-paced show, and other than a couple of matches, enjoyable. So, the opening package hypes up the big-time matches. They talk about the tag team title matches, the X-Division title matches, and the world title match That will be determined throughout the night in which there is a three-way elimination matchup to determine the number one contender for the NWA world title. And the winner of that three-way will go on to fight Jeff Jarrett in the main event. But we don't open with the matchup yet. No, no, no. We actually start off with Shane Douglas. He talks to Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett, of course, is talking down the three competitors for the three-way matchup, which are DDP... Monty Brown and Kevin Nash now for those of you that have been listening into the show might have known that Kevin Nash is actually a part of a trio with him Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett there's been a little bit of friction going on between these guys so there's a little bit of friction going into this three-way in which that is why Jeff Jarrett is talking down to everybody on this match card And he talks about how he earned the right to be called King of the Mountain, which, from what I believe they are talking about, he actually won the King of the Mountain matchup that actually happened on one of the pay-per-views. It did not happen on a big pay-per-view. So that is why he calls himself the King of the Mountain, because he won the first King of the Mountain matchup. But we open up the show with the six-man tag team matchup, which features BG James, Conan, and Ron The Truth Killings taking on Christopher Daniels, Michael Shane and Kazarian. We get the classic uh, three live crew intro, in which you hear uh, Conan saying "Orale, arriba la raza." We get B.G. James doing the classic, you know, "Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls" spiel. Not one, not two, but the three live crew, and he also talks about the Pentagon being their, you know, three live crew sandbox, which I honestly think is one of the best things uh going into this matchup uh you have christopher daniels who actually just broke up from elix skipper and triple x so this is his first big matchup of the new year and needless to say kind of disappointing but same time at least he was doing something so we get a nice rolling clothesline by conan followed by the alabama slam uh, what I dub the Go Wild is the 3 Live Cruise version of the Team 3D What's Up. Killings, he does a backflip, he does the splits, he does that flying forearm. Oh my gosh, he just is so athletic and I love the fact that he can still do that even at this age right now. We get a nice uh, double team wave punch by Ron Killings and BG James. And they mentioned a lot of BG James' prior accomplishments. They mentioned his Intercontinental title run. They mentioned his Tag Team title run. So that was kind of interesting to say, but they are giving him his due credit. Uh, a knee shot and a drop kick to BG James helps Daniels, Shane, and Kazarian pick up the momentum. A very nice drop kick by Daniels. A slingshot ro- low drop kick by Daniels, Kaz, and Shane keeps giving them the advantage. Nice pop-up powerbomb by BG. Axe kick by Killings. There's just a lot of chaotic moves where everybody just goes down. Everybody's fighting. An arm wrench. uh, Reverse DDT by Conan. We get the reverse STO by Daniels to take down BG James. He looks to try and finish off BG with an Arabian Moonsault to the outside, but he gets uh, Kazarium by accident. We get the Heart attack maneuver, but with a little bit of a kick that puts over the three live crew, gives them the victory at eight minutes and 21 seconds. Gave this matchup a C. The thing is that this was one of those matches where it's starting to get a little bit good, but never quite reaches that full on potential of hitting that point. Of being a great matchup so it was getting there but for the most part it was just an okay kind of six man tag team matchup here and to be honest I think one of the reasons why is that I'm just not that high on Conan he doesn't exactly do that many moves I think that this is probably the most I've seen him take a couple bumps in this move otherwise he's kind of just there to say the least and I do not mean to you know make that as a knock to Conan. He definitely is one of those guys who helps really revolutionize the wrestling world. But just I'm just not feeling it with him here. And obviously, as time goes on, you kind of do see Conan's you know wrestling deal kind of go into a downward downward deal. So, but that's not the worst thing on the card. Trust me. What we have is Tracy Trinity and Johnny Fairplay, which I described as a blonde curly haired Frank the Clown. I kid you not. They go into a pickup truck to talk with Dusty Rhodes where he tells them to go on a scavenger hunt. Now, why they are doing this? Because the winner is going to be the personal assistant to Dusty Rhodes. They just have to find a clue and the only thing that he says is that it's as clear as the hat on your head get a little bit of uh flirting with trinity and dusty uh dusty actually spanks tracy and he makes a comment where he says that it's going to be fair place time in the barrel as they say back in texas and i did a couple a little bit of reviews or at least looked up a couple of reviews talking about this, because I had no idea who the guy, who Johnny Fairplay was. And one of the things actually really (laughs) describes my feelings about that segment, and it's the phrase of, what am I doing with my life? I mean, this is legit one of those segments where I'm just like, this is really a thing? Wow. Um, Okay, then. But that's okay because we go into another. We go into a great matchup here. We have Sanjay Dutt taking on Elix Skipper, and what I dub it as like an X title showcase, because they really mention the fact that well, you got to believe that if they win this matchup, they're going to be, you know, ranking themselves higher up in the X division title sequence, because they are really hyping up the X division title matchup later on tonight, which is an Ultimate X match, which I've talked about in the past, but I'll talk more about it once we get to it. Uh, Dutt hits a couple of pin attempts, and then he hits the head scissors, gets thrown into the crowd, and then he flies back into the ringside area. Absolutely great. We get a classic arm bar from Zanjay Dunt. He hits a nice springboard dropkick. Dutt goes for the Hindu Press, which I'm kind of confused on because I always thought it was like a moonsault double stomp, but it seems like it may be a Phoenix Splash. But either way, Dunt goes for it, but Skipper's able to leap to the top rope and dropkick Dunt outside the ring. He racks Dunt onto the guardrail and then hits a high back roundhouse kick to the face. Some, a nice back kick to the head. They counter an overdrive, and then he counters a lion salt. We did a gut wrench slam by Skipper. A buckshot lariat, so before Adam Page really made it famous. This is where we have got the first time to seeing that. A sunset flip bomb. From the top rope by Dunt, we see what I dub the Pizza DDT because I remember El Dragon Azteca Jr. doing that in Lucha Underground. I believe he called it the Pizza DDT, and I just can't get over that. So that's why I'm dubbing it. Uh, he misses the Hindu press. Skipper hits a great uh, power slam into a side slam maneuver. It's, I think he calls it like the sudden like the sudden Death or something like that. And that is enough to get him the win at 10 minutes and 12 seconds. I honestly gave this matchup a solid A. I love seeing Sanjay Dunt in action. He definitely delivers. And Elix Skipper is a great singles competitor. So whereas Daniels kind of felt like he was not exactly in the fold in the first matchup here. Elix Skipper, he's definitely getting, he's just getting his footing. And it's absolutely great. We get a promo. For a person that is coming to TNA, I've tried looking it up and unfortunately I'm not able to see who it is. So if somebody can give me a hand on that, that would be absolutely amazing. Please let me know on my Twitter handle or Instagram at Real Life and Game as to who is the guy that they were hyping up for this uh, promo package at Final Resolutions. So that would be really appreciated. We go backstage and we see Kevin Nash and DDP. They're talking and Nash is like, well, you know, man, we could take out Molly Brown and then we can have like a gentlemanly contest between the two of us. And DDP is like, uh-huh, sure. Yeah, no, I totally believe you. So, needless to say, not exactly one of those things where um, DDP is buying into it. And of course they mention the fact that, hey, they work together in WCW. And I think DDP knows that as soon as he said that it's like oh yeah we did work in WCW together yeah we did (laughs) need I say more up next we have Dustin Rhodes coming into this taking on Kid Cash the build for this has really been uh, Kid Cash has been attacking Dustin and there's been a lot of body shaming where he basically talks bad about Dustin's father Dusty Basically saying like, oh yeah, he were, he's a world champion. He's a fat guy, and literally says to Dustin that he's you know shown a little gain weight as well. So we get this. We get a brawl between them during this matchup. Then we get a nice catapult by Dustin into the ropes, where Kikashi hits the ropes and then he falls back onto Dustin's knees. I thought that was actually pretty innovative. There's a point where it seems like Kid Cash was legit hurt, like to the point where they almost started throwing up the X sign, thinking like, oh, there's no way he's going to continue. Uh, Referee goes to Jeremy Borash, and it looks like they're going to call off the matchup. But then uh, Kid Cash, he hits a low blow on Dustin, and then he starts working on the knee. He hits a frog splash and locks in a figure four. This is where the matchup kind of actually goes to a bit of a wrong sour taste. And it goes into this point where we have a sleeper trade off where we see Dustin, he locks a sleeper on Kid Cash, but then Kid Cash locks in a sleeper onto Dustin. I use that term locks a sleeper in very loosely because this was one of those things where I just saw this and I was like, are you kidding me? His arm is not even underneath his chin. It's like kind of over his, uh, I would say over over his face, and it doesn't even look like he's really locking it in. So it's one of the worst sleeper holds that I have ever seen. We get an inverted atomic drop by, Justin, by Dustin, Inziguri by Cash, uh, referee Andrew Thomas, and Kid Cash get into a little bit of a shoving deal with Andrew Thomas getting the best deal with it. And then we see what I call the shittiest bulldog I've seen from Dustin which gives him the victory here at a I can't even say merciful and a grueling 10 minutes and 50 seconds this was a this was a coasting to a failing matchup i really thought to myself there's one matchup that i know is going to be a failing matchup is this matchup as bad as that and i thought well no, because at least there's some kind of story being told here. There's some kind of, you know, wrestling that's going on here. There's some really bad moves, but not all the moves are bad. Just sleeper hold was rough. That bulldog was rough. So it's just a few in between. It was a really rough time just to watch that matchup. Oh, just hmm. Just no. So Johnny Fairplay. Oh, he's back. Hey, it's the curly Kenny Omega. I will be here all week. He's basically in Dusty Rhodes' uh, office. He's basically talking about how he's going to outsmart the women. He even says that he's reading a book called Art, Outsmart Women by Martha Stewart. And I think he's very misogynistic, which I'm thinking to myself, this is not going to end well for this dude. Uh, he's looking around, and then he sees Dusty's hat, and inside there's literally an envelope that says Clue. Wow. Just, just wow. I mean, you can say what you want about the 24-7, you know, hijinks, but at least when you throw in people like R-Truth and Drake Maverick, they make it entertaining. And even Dana Brooke, I've seen a couple of her deals, and she's definitely doing her best to try and make that division worthwhile. But this is just, uh, it's unbearable. This segment is just absolutely god-awful. So this is where it gets kind of weird because they put in the promo for the three-way elimination matchup between Brown, DDP, and Nash uh, where Monty is seemingly like the big babyface, DDP wants the title, and Nash just wants Jeff Jarrett. And you would think that with that promo being put there, hey, that's going to be the next matchup, right? You would be wrong because the next matchup is Raven versus Eric Watts. And the, even the hype package for this is really weird because they show a little bit of the highlights from DDP and Raven. They talk a little bit about how Eric Watts and Raven's like, oh yeah, they're buddy-buddy, but Raven's just like, oh, I got him wrapped up all in my finger. And there's this supposedly comedic moment where he's talking about that to DDP and he's like, oh, he's right behind me, isn't he? And Eric Watts is just like, I want to beat you down and that's a about it. This was a really weird, really weird build-up. But I guess it makes sense, question mark? So we get them brawling on the outside. They're fighting around. Raven, he gets them back in the ring. He hits Watts with a uh, face wash with the knee. Hits a discus punch. Uh, we see Watts do something that I've never really seen before. He goes to the top rope and he actually does like a, like a, I call it a reverse missile drop kick. But it also kind of looks like it was a mule kick from the top rope and he hits Raven with it. That was kind of interesting to say the least. Uh, They fight up the ramp. Uh, Watts hits a chokeslam on Raven in the ring. But then he's just like, you know what? No, we're just going to grab a chair. And is just like, no, that's not going to happen. So this allows Raven to get the low blow while the referee is uh, taking care of the chair. Raven goes back. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to use the chair now. He wedges it into the uh, top and middle turnbuckle spot, throws Watts face into there. And he goes for his like classic drop toe hole deal where he has the chair on the seated position. And he just drop holes, uh, holes them into the uh, chair but Watts hits a face buster on there. Not calling for a disqualification. Because why not at this point? Trust me, this is going to be a very recurring pattern in this entire, entire show. Uh, Watts flies uh, the chair off with a clothesline. Oh, that's right. He jumps off of the chair and he hits a clothesline to Raven. We see Watts hit a multitudes of punches to the head on the ground in the turnbuckle until Raven's like okay I've had enough of this and just drops him onto that top turnbuckle a buckle bomb by Watts um we see Raven counter a chokeslam into the ankle lock then he gets a super kick in we see this really weird clothesline spot where uh Raven clotheslines Watts but then he bumps in the wrong direction it's it's weird it was just like what, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, he tries to lock in STF onto Raven, but Raven locks in the ankle lock. Then we see Watts grab Raven, hits a really shitty choke slam, and I'm talking like Hogan Taker 2002 bad. But then Watts picks him up again, hits a proper choke slam for the win. At, oh my gosh, how long? Oh, 10 minutes and 19 seconds. These two matches felt like they took forever. This was bad. Another D rated matchup. Definitely, again, not the worst, but it is such on the borderline of bad. These two matches were just really hard to get through, but everything gets better from here, I can assure you. Raven gets on the mic and he's like, oh man, I'm sorry for what I did. You know, you uh, in my respect and blah 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 blah. But then he just grabs a trash can, hits Watts off of the stage and takes like a, I would say like a twelve foot drop tw- down onto a table. And there's very little reaction about it. It was like one of those things where, oh, he hits him with the trash can. There goes, there goes Watts. Oh, he's on the ground. He went through a table. Security's trying to make sure that nothing happens between the two of them. It's like it already has happened. It has. <laughs> Um, We see, like today in Don West, they talk about against all odds, and then they talk about all the ways that you can watch TNA wrestling, which again goes into the next matchup, which is Jeff Hardy versus Scott Hall with Rowdy Roddy Piper as the guest referee. You will never see another referee wear a kilt unless your name is TJ. Shout out to TJ up here in Wisconsin. So, really, the build-up to this is kind of simplistic. Jeff Hardy wants revenge on Scott Hall for costing him the world title. Why we didn't get that matchup at the last show, beyond me. But, at the same time, we're getting the matchup nonetheless. Scott Hall, of course, rocking that Elvis uh, King of Wrestling gimmick deal. Again, why does he need to have the Elvis hair when his hair looks absolutely fine? It is what it is. Um... Piper does the inspection deal where he's checking on Jeff and then he checks on Scott. Scott has like all these random mini weapons in his in his attire. He pulls out like one metal object, then he pulls out a fork, then he pulls out like a chain from the back of Scott Hall. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, this is kind of entertaining. This is this is funny. Um <laughs> There's a point where um The bell actually rang as soon as Jeff Hardy went into the ring. And then when Piper called for the bell, it just rang again. And I'm just like, oh, well, I guess the match is over. See you guys. Oh, wait, it's still going on. Okay. Uh, Piper gets frisked by Hall, who finds a pair of handcuffs, which all of these random mini weapons, they will not play in this matchup. What the hell? So we get the nice uh, reverse kick by Hardy, who, oh my gosh, Scott Hall, he is selling his ass off in this matchup, and I really appreciate that. It's kind of one of those things where I'm thinking, this is going to be a rough match to watch, isn't it? But no, Scott Hall is really doing some great sell work in this deal, Um, except for one spot. We see... Hardy go up for the Whisper in the Wind, and then Scott just kind of stands there for like a second too long and then gets hit by the Whisper in the Wind. Scott Hall hits a fall away slam. Hardy gets a nice dive onto Hall on the outside. We get the Hardy leg drop where you know he spreads the legs. And then Hardy just goes up, drops his like heels onto the onto the gut of Hall, but we all know it's supposed to be like a low blow, I guess. Uh Hall hits two follow-up clotheslines where literally he just throws him into one turnbuckle and he just quickly falls behind and hits a corner clothesline. He does that twice. Hits a choke slam. He shoves uh, Hardy into Piper. He pulls out the brass knuckles and we're thinking like, oh, well, it could be over here. Scott Hall tries, but Piper's like, nope, you ain't using that. Pokes him in the eye. Hardy hits the twist of fate, then the swanton, and then Hardy gets the victory there. I think that with this matchup hitting 5 minutes and 42 seconds, honestly, it got to be for me. It was one of those matches where it wasn't the best, but it was one of those things where I kind of found myself enjoying the hijinks of Scott Hall being just this cocky, arrogant kind of asshole. <laughs> and Jeff Hardy and Piper are just kind of along for the ride. They'll kind of goof around with it too, but... Um, it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, this matchup was absolutely horrible. No, it's it's, it's kind of a comedy matchup. Kind of wish that they would have put a little more effort into it, but at the same time, it's not a bad comedy match, and it went for the perfect amount of time, too. Plus, like I said, Scott Hall really made it fun. Piper did his job, and we saw Hardy just kind of there. <laughs> Hardy, he calls out Jeff Jarrett, basically saying, oh, yeah, I want want to shout the title. Piper is saying, like, this is going to be the next world champ until out comes the monster Abyss, who didn't even get on the card. How dare you? So, Abyss, he comes in, he hits the shock treatment backbreaker on Jeff Hardy, then the black hole slam, also gets a couple shots on some security guys. So, guys, this is where it's all going to start. We're going to see a pretty good rivalry between Hardy and Abyss. And honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I kind of am. We see Tracy backstage. She's basically flirting, flirting with one of the backstage hands, being like, "Oh, well, I think you can tell me where the where the clue is." And then Trace, Trinity comes in. She says, "says Hey, Dusty's looking for you. Dusty's looking for you." And then she tries to flirt with the stagehand, and stagehand is like, "I don't know where the clue is." And then Trinity's like. Okay, get out of my face. I'm out of here. And that was it. That was the segment. So the curly-haired misogynistic is going to win, isn't he? Lord help me. All right, so we get the three-way elimination matchup for the shot at Jeff Jarrett. At the end of the night, we have Monty Brown versus DDP versus Kevin Nash. Honestly, this is kind of an interesting build to it but it also has some interesting rules to it. And to be honest, I kind of like them. So you eliminate somebody by either pinfall, submission, or throwing your opponent over the top rope. That's kind of a nice added layer to that. It kind of makes the matchup a bit more strenuous, to be honest, because you could have one of three different ways. And you see a lot of moments in the matchup where somebody goes in like between the top rope and the second rope. So they're they're safe there. That's at least there. We get a little bit of a double team deal between Brown uh, and Page. We also get some double team ups with Nash and DDP during this deal. Uh, Nash, he mocks Monty Brown a bit. But the way he does it, he makes him look like one of those uh, creator wrestlers that you would see in video games where their muscles are like, expertly like huge almost like they're sticking out of their body it's kind of amazing Uh, brown is able to take down kevin nash but kevin nash replies with a sidewalk slam then we get a back suplex uh, by monty brown to nash ddp hits a nice disc clothesline brown hits a ddt to ddp but nash breaks up that count Then we see that team up again of Nash and DDP on Brown until Nash is like, you know what? I'm going to try and go for my person that I tried to beat up. So he goes after Paige, but Paige ducks him. Nash goes over the top rope and onto the floor. He is eliminated. Whoopsie. (laughs) Way to go, Nash. Uh, DDP, he hits the diamond cutter on Brown. We get a two count because Nash pulls him out, throws him into the post, and then he throws him back into the ring. But it makes it to where DDP actually just falls onto Brown again and gets another two count. So that was weird, but whatever. Uh, We see a couple of roll-ups, pins in the DDP discus clothesline. Uh, Two follow-up clotheslines by Monty Brown to the corners. We get a nice followaway away slam and running power slam uh, by Monty Brown. DDP does a nice pull-in pull elbow, which I thought, oh, damn, that was crazy. Uh, he throws Monty Brown into a corner. And he looks to run off the ropes and hit a diamond cutter, but Brown pushes him off and just like that, BAM! hits the pounce onto DDP for the one, two, three. Monty Brown picks up the win at 9 minutes and 40 seconds. I really would have liked for this matchup to go on just a little bit longer with the three of them. Maybe play a little bit more to like, oh, will they turn on each other? Will they not turn on each other? That kind of deal. But ultimately, I gave this matchup another B. This was honestly a really good matchup. I like the, you know, creativity of the adding the, you know, over the top rope deal to this elimination matchup. And I think that all three of them they got their spots in. Nash got his deal in. He was being a bit of an asshole because that's how Kevin Nash kind of does these things. And DDP and my Brown, they had a pretty good showcase between the two of them. So all in all, I kinda liked it. We get a nice show of respect by DDP and my Brown. And I'll <laughs> I'll never forget this. This was really kind of a funny spot. So as as Monty Brown is like extending his hand out to DDP, I can visibly see DDP is just like, no, come closer to me, man, come closer to me. So Brown gets closer and he, you know, picks him, picks him up by the hand. And they do that handshake. That was just funny in my opinion. Oh, now we're getting into the good stuff. This is where we're getting to like huge, major quality, great matches here because up next is the NWA tag team titles as America's Most Wanted, Cowboy Chris Harris no, she's a wildcat Chris Harris, and Cowboy James Storm taking on the team of Team Canada Bobby Roode and Eric Young now, how they got this opportunity is that AMW despite having one of the best matches and being one of the best tag teams in 2004 to be honest that is actually really accurate they had to earn their spot against Team Canada. They did that by beating them in a tag team matchup on impact. So that's how they got their shot here. And really it's just a simple promo where Canada wants to prove that they're better than all of the Americans. And then AMW is just like, we're ready to fight. The taglines have, uh, can AMW maintain the intensity? Cause like I said, coming off that six sides of steel matchup against the team of triple x they have quite a bit of momentum on their side but then again so do team canada regain the titles in which they talk about canadian gold rush in which every member of team canada mainly bobby Roode, eric young and Petey williams johnny divine does get involved with this but he's not you know he has no title either way either way uh we have the final line, which I thought was cool, six sides of steel to six title reign. So, AMW are just about to reach their sixth title run, if they win this matchup. So this was something where I was like, ooh, this could be, this could be really good if they can do this. We see, you know, Team Canada. They come out first because why not? Demore is just being absolutely funny. He's being absolutely hilarious. Just him doing his classic deal where he goes up to the camera. It's like, we're the best ever! Ah! Ah! And then there's also some moments where he is just absolutely being so cartoony. Just being like, oh my god, here they come! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> he's just so good. If you get a chance, definitely check out some Coach Demore reactions. It's great. He definitely makes... Match is so damn funny. Uh, but AMW does come out to the ring, and then they start beating down in Team Canada because they do not want to have Team Canada get a jump on them. They brawl on the outside. There's so many moments in this match. Uh, Eric Young was by far the biggest star in this entire deal, and it's solely because he oversells so many things. There's one point where he actually just gets slammed down, and he he rolls Some people would go to, like, the bottom rope. No, he rolls to the point where he slides through the first and second rope, and he slides out of the ring that way. It's so funny. AMW does a deal where they do, like, a double hip toss, but then they grab the legs. They grab Young, and they throw him into... uh, Oh, no, they throw Rude into Young, and then they did the same thing to Young, but they threw him to the outside onto Rude. It's one of those things where I'm like, wow, they really love that move. And they know how to use it. That's awesome. We get a classic go back body drop to Bobby Roode. Uh, Team Canada, after getting dominated for a little while, they get the advantage after Rude whips Storm into the ropes. Young hits him with a knee to the back. And then Rude hits a neckbreaker. They continue this beatdown until Storm's able to hit two insiguries one to uh, Bobby Roode in the ring and then he hits a second one on Eric Young who is on the out, outside of the outside of the ring on the apron keep that in mind he hits Eric Young with that insecurity and Young literally from where the camera looks it looks like Eric Young went head first onto the floor it was such a sick spot but it was so damn funny <laughs> Uh, Bobby Roode's able to hit a suplex. And then we get a top rope elbow drop by Young. Still not able to put it away. Finally, in comes Wildcat Chris Harris. He comes in like a House of Flyer hitting Flying Clothesline. a full Nelson Slam. Uh, Storm is able to hit a Power Slam to Roode. They go for the death sentence. They think it's over. But oof, then we get a nice spot here. We get the Tower of Doom onto uh, Eric Young. Mm-hmm. Storm has got Young into a powerbomb position. Young looks like he's going to go for a superplex on Harris, but he actually converts it into like a Northern Lights deal. So he throws Harris off as he's getting a powerbomb from Storm. And as Harris is coming down from that Northern Lights deal, he hits Rude on the way down. It was such a good spot. Uh, We get a superkick to Rude. Looks like they're going to have the victory, but Coach Demore, he pulls the referee out, and he's basically like, no, we're not going to have it in that way. And then <laughs> America's Most Wanted are like, yeah, no, we're, we're not putting up with this crap. So they grab Coach Demore and they handcuff him to the post. So he's basically neutralized throughout the entirety of the rest of this match. We get a heart attack onto Young for a very close two count. Uh, we see Giant Divine. He gets into the ring and he hits a he hits the hockey stick onto Storm. After Storm hits the eye of the Storm onto Young. For a close three, Divine gets Spine Busted. We get the DWI, the drinking while investing, to Rude, which is kind of funny considering who he'll be teaming up with in the future. Uh, for a close three again. We get a Northern Lights Lariat to Harris. And as he's coming down from that uh, rear clothesline, he has a chair and he lands his head on the chair. So I thought, oh, that that's probably it. One, two, nope. Uh, we see Young. He's thinking like, okay, I'm going to see if I can get the chair from Divine. Divine thinking that it's Harris or Storm. hits. He has his back turned. He hits the chair up, hits Young by mistake. A roll up by america's most wanted for the three count for the sixth title reign for a win for america's most wanted at 19 minutes and 12 seconds a quality matchup this matchup definitely personifies tag team wrestling it tells a really good story in the ring it's about the baby faces overcoming the odds and the heels doing whatever it takes to pick up the victory here this Felt a little rushed, but at the same time, it felt very well-deserved. So I'm not going to say that it was at all a bad matchup, because it wasn't. It was absolutely one of the best matches on the card, aside from the next matchup, which I will talk about in a minute. (laughs) So Johnny Fairplay, he is basically got Dusty Rhodes' hat. He's in the backstage area. He's just like, I'm going to give this to Dusty. Trinity and Tracy, they meet up with him. And he calls them bimbos and gets the shit kicked out of them. And it was awesome. So Trinity and Tracy, they fight over the Clue envelope. They tear it in half, and then they both run to Dusty. They're giving it to Dusty, and Dusty's like, Hey, 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 it's totally fine, totally fine. You guys survive, and you're going to be in the next next round. But both of you are going to need to find a team. You find a team, Trinity, and you find a team, Tracy. They cannot have ever worked for TNA. And the winner of that will be my personal assistant. So we see that, and Trinity and Tracy, they run off to find the tag teams. Meanwhile, they look over, and Johnny Fairplay is literally like, I had the clue first. I had it first. And he just passes out. We get another Against All Odds uh, promo video, so that's going to be the next show. Uh, Ironically enough, that's actually going to be the show that I'll be talking about after this. So Throughout the night, you hear in the background, uh, you're going to hear this theme song a little bit because the the melody in this music is very reminiscent of the Bobby Roode's uh, Wall Street gimmick. So for those of you that know what I'm talking about, when he first went on his single run, he had that like... You know, I'm a great success on Wall Street, and he had like that money ish uh, Titan Tron. It's something that's really, really cool. So, definitely recommend, you know, finding that. It's a pretty catchy theme, but you hear that throughout the entirety of the event. And now we're getting on to what I dubbed the match of the night the X Division Championship Three Way Ultimate X match, in which AJ Styles and Chris Sabin take on PD Williams. This already had a really good promo package showcasing all three of the combatants in this matchup, but I kind of had a feeling that it was going to be something where everybody would have a legitimate grievance on this because with AJ, he challenged for the X Division title at the first show, Victory Road, and it was because of Coach Moore that he was not able to pick up the victory. Chris Sabin at the last show... He basically was screwed out of the title after Team Canada interference and after some brass knuckles. So it made sense for them to both be in this matchup. Taglines are Saban's ultimate success, AJ's ultimate goal, and Williams' ultimate reign. So Chris Saban is the only one who's had the most success out of everybody in this matchup with the uh, ultimate X. He's had the most wins. AJ Styles has had very little. His ultimate goal is to win the X Division title and win his first Ultimate X match. PD Williams looking to continue his ultimate reign because at that point, he was on his fifth month reign as X Division champion. He wanted to continue that going. Uh, We get some nice strikes and running around the ring from everybody there. Double team moves on PD Williams because that makes sense. You want to take out the guy that literally tried to screw you out of the title on more than one occasion. We get a nice little square off between Sabin and AJ Styles. These guys just absolutely are great, and they are the foundation of the X Division and TNA. Along with, you know, P. Williams, Sanjay Dunn. a lot of these guys definitely really made the X Division fun. Uh, Saban's able to hit a drop kick to AJ on the top rope, knocking him off. Uh, Saban, he goes for the title, but Damore actually stops him. And Petey Williams is able to hit an inverted atomic drop. But that interference by Damore was enough to get him ejected from the matchup. Uh, Petey Williams, after that, he gets like a house of fire. He's beating down AJ and Saban. He hits a nice suplex and then backbreaker. He locks in a sharpshooter to Saban. Uh, Styles, he goes for the championship belt. But P. Williams stops him and he hits a brutal German suplex. Puts A.J. in the tree of woe. And you guessed it. Oh, Canada. Uh, We see some nice back and forth again from everybody. But then A.J. is able to hit a thunderous rebound kick onto P. D. Williams. Uh, After a while, P. D. Williams, he's scaling the ropes. But... We see uh, Saban get put into the electric chair position by AJ Styles. Thinking like, oh, this is going to be an electric chair spot. Nope, P. Williams, he is just going from the ropes. And then he sees Sabin and then hits a head scissors onto Saban while he's on uh, AJ Styles' shoulders and just decks him. It's a beautiful spot. But then P. Williams is able to hit his classic side rush leg sweep. And P. D. Williams and A. J. go for the title. P. D. Williams he gets to a point where he is just, uh, he's just kind of dangling on the X, and A. J. Styles is beaten off with Chris Sabin. Gets Sabin out. Then he goes to the, the outside, hits a springboard forearm to P. D. Williams, who of course lands into the center. Ooh, just, just absolutely insane. We get a top rope hit scissors by Saban to AJ. P. Williams, he goes for the Canadian destroyer, but Saban's able to counter that into the Cradle Shock, who counters that into a reverse DT. So as P Williams has Chris Saban in a reverse DDT position, AJ Styles he leaps off the ropes. And is able to backflip and get P. Williams into a reverse DT spot. And bam. You get a double reverse det spot in the middle of the ring. Absolutely great. AJ Styles goes for the belt, and it seems like he's getting pretty close. But then we see this spot. As soon as I saw what color uh, attire AJ had, I thought to myself, oh, no. This is the match where he has the spot. So Saban goes to the top rope, he hits a missile drop kick onto AJ, who is still holding onto the ropes. AJ, as he gets hit, he is flung back, he flips, and lands flat on his back in the middle of the ring. It was such a sick spot. Just, oh, just, it's a ch- chill up your spine. I literally put down, AJ is dead. There even is a point where the referee is checking on, like, dude, are you okay? Are you alive? <laughs> Petey Williams is able to hit the cactus clothesline to Sabin, sending them both to the outside. AJ Styles and P. Williams are fighting against each other, against the steel post. And P. Williams grabs AJ's arm through the post, and then he's able to just drop down and do do a number on AJ Styles' arm. So AJ is literally doing this with one arm now. We see a cradle shock by Saban to Petey Williams. Saban looks like he's going to go for the title. AJ Styles grabs Saban, and he hits Saban with a one-armed powerbomb, and then somehow able to hit a Styles Clash with that one arm. It looked like a pretty risky spot, but it looked really cool, and it looked, and it looked saved after a while. AJ, he's going for the title, but unfortunately, his bad arm is just stopping him, this allows P.U.M.S. to get to the ring, hit one of the most sick Canadian destroyers I've seen. Like, literally, he hits it. A.J. Styles literally looks like he just lands on his head. It was almost like the Heath Slater spot where he gets the clothesline from hell and his you know, body is just kind of stuck in limbo, just standing up. It kind of looked like that, but with, like, a pile driver deal. Um, then we see a Tornado D.E.T. by P.D. to Sabin, a Crucifix Powerbomb, to the second turnbuckle by Saban to Peele Williams. The two of them finally get to the ropes. They are just shimming their way to the center of the X. They both get their legs kind of locked in there. They both grab the belts, and they have possession of it, but they're both neither one of them have dropped down yet. So they're basically just fighting each other for that title. But AJ Styles is able to go and he hits this beautiful springboard forearm, and he gets such good height with this. He grabs the belt, and the referee calls for the belt. AJ Styles wins the title and wins Ultimate X. Clocking it in at 19 minutes and 55 seconds, almost 20 minutes. This was a solid A matchup. This was the best. Ultimate X just absolutely gets everybody on their feet. And it gets everybody excited. Because you know that people are going to find innovative ways to make these things work. It's an absolutely great matchup. These three competitors all laid it all on the line. It was absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. We had a conversation backstage with Nash and Jeff Jarrett. Basically, Nash is just... Like, oh, I'm going to get my title shot one way or another. And Jeff Jarrett's out. He's getting ready for his main event matchup against Monty Brown for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And in this matchup, Monty Brown is so over. They are literally chanting for Monty Brown. They want to see him win. There's literally a fan that has a sign that's saying, like, the alpha male is the next champ. And there's chants of, next world champ, next world champ. Next, world Champ. Excuse me. We get some taunts by Jeff Jarrett until finally Monty Brown's able to hit a power slam. He goes for a middle rope move and then we see a deal where Jeff Jarrett tries to stop him by sticking his foot up. Monty Brown grabs him and then he's like, nope, not happening. Hits a headbutt to Jarrett's stomach. Brown catches Jeff uh, on the outside and he hits a rib breaker it looks like he's going to go for a slam or a throw into the post but Jeff Jarrett is able to counter that throws Monty Brown to the post and they brawl a little bit into the crowd. Jeff Jarrett then grabs a chair and he hits Monty Brown in the back and I'm thinking what? There, why, why is there no Bell Rung G in here? um i guess this is no dq maybe i i don't know they even made a reference where it was like well you know there normally would be a dq but they the referee's gonna let it you know just slide just a little bit i'm like uh, okay so that's kind of crazy we get a jab to the gut with the chair maya brown gets thrown into the announce table and gets an office chair dropped on him that was something i was like okay i was not expecting geez louise uh everything up to this point with whatever weapon they use, it's fine. But Jeff Jarrett, God forbid, he uses the championship belt. And <laughs> referee's like, nope, this is where we're going to stop it. Uh, Jeff Jarrett locks a sleeper into Monty Brown. Brown counters into a sleeper of his own. Jeff Jarrett hits a knee breaker, but then Brown's able to counter with a small package for a near three count. Jeff Jarrett, he just crotches himself. We get a... Heads collide spot there, which is, like, never fun. If it was a double clothesline spot, that's one thing, but it literally looked like their heads collided. And I thought, ooh, that's going to sting in the morning. And then we get, quite possibly, one of the best moves of the entire night. Monty Brown hits the Alpha Bomb. For those of you that are not familiar, the Alpha Bomb is when you have him in, like, a world's strongest slam position. Then he throws his opponent up into the Power Bomb it's one of the coolest powerbomb variations in wrestling so that looked great we get a neck breaker from Monty Brown Uh, he counters the stroke and then Jeff Jarrett uh, gets thrown into the referee we get a guitar shot and it's not enough to keep Monty Brown down Monty Brown gets him up into the electric chair and then as he's going up, Jeff Jarrett has a chair and he hits Monty Brown in the face, but he still gets dropped with a, uh, with the electric chair. We get a belt shot, and after that belt shot, he, we get a two count, and then Monty Brown just, uh, presses him off. It looks like he's just ready to go. He's ready to go. Monty Brown inadvertently hits the pounce onto the referee. We see Jeff Jarrett go to the top rope he goes for a second rope uh, guitar shot but he's a but Byron is able to counter it into a choke slam guitar shot to Jeff Jarrett crowd is literally on fire it gets so close to Monty Brown winning the victory he goes for another pounce but Jeff Jarrett grabs the remains of one of the guitars and just smacks him right in the face we get a stroke a second stroke Then we see Jarrett Hill low blow, hit a third stroke for the victory. Jeff Jarrett retains the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, clocking it at 16 minutes and 17 seconds. I gave this matchup, as much as I didn't like the finish, a B. I really like the electricity that was going In this matchup, I really loved the intensity that Monty Brown put into this. I loved the deals that Jeff Jarrett did. Now, granted, it really was dumb that they just had so much stuff going in that deal. Mainly just, you know, the random, oh, well, I guess there's no DQ. Oh, you can't use the belt, though. Uh, Just really weird spots like that. And then it took like three strokes to take down Monty Brown. It definitely made him look strong. But at the same time, I think this would have been the best time. No, I'm going to say that right now. This would have been the moment to put the belt on Monty Brown. He was over with the fans. He looked good. He had the look. He had everything that you would want in a world champion. I think that Monty Brown would have been a great person to add to that repertoire as NWA World Heavyweight Champion final grading for this show honestly i was very happy with everything that went down i give this a solid b grading other than the two matches i mentioned in the middle you know the eric watts raven match and the dustin rhodes kick cash matchup this event was actually really good with everything that went into it it was all about you know the big rivalries that were going on which were the championship ones It made sense. Everything in this event really did have some bright shining moments. Even some of the lower card matches. I mean, I gave an A to another X Division title matchup, which featured Elix Skipper and Sanjay Dunn. It was that good. Uh, I mean, the two, two out of three matches in the title series got A's, which says a lot about how TNA is doing really good there. And I gave some really good you know, feedback on a couple of the matches that probably didn't deserve the best praise because even though they kind of tied into the whole main event deal, it definitely was a bit sloppy in some cases. But for the most part, I still found enough enjoyment out of it. So Final Resolutions 2005 was by far really good. And so far, it just ups the ante right now. So, going into Against All Odds 2005, we're going to see how that goes. But speaking of Against All Odds, let's talk a little bit about Against All Odds 2022, this recent one that we just had. So, I didn't know really what to expect going into this match or going into this uh, event. Other than a couple of these matches definitely were going to be some rematches from Slammiversary, a couple of title rematches, such like that, but for the most part, I really did enjoy this. So, we're going to go into a couple of these matches here. Uh, Black Taurus with Crazy Steve defeated uh, Laredo Kid, and Brian Myers defeated Rich Swan to win the uh, Impact Digital Media Championship. Both of these matches were on the pre-show, and... It was really weird, because I thought that Swan beat Myers, but maybe I'm just remembering that wrong. Hmm, interesting. You have the Motor City Machine Guns defeating the Bullet Clubs, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. I guarantee they had one of the best matches. This was one of those events where, unfortunately, I did not see it until, like, the end of this first matchup here, but then I got a chance to watch everything else afterwards. So... I, the only critique I had for the City machine gun match is that their finisher I prefer the Skull and Crossbones deal where it's a neck breaker into like a frog splash that looks cooler than the uh, uh I guess it's like a like a pickup slam kind of deal it, I I don't know how to really describe it it's really weird. Uh, Chelsea Green and De- Deanna Parazo defeated Mia Yim and Mickey James. I Thought maybe they would give this to Mickey James on this one, but no, in the end, they gave it to Chelsea Green and Diana Peraza, which makes sense to me. Only major critique I had about this was the finish because they were doing like this uh, spine buster neckbreaker deal, like how uh, Batista does the uh, Batista bomb and then Orton catches him with the RKO. I think they were trying to replicate something like that, but unfortunately, it just was a miss. And I honestly thought that Chelsea Green's leg would have been wrecked because it looks like. Her leg went underneath Mickey James with a spot. I was thinking, oh no, this is not going to end well. (laughs) So I'm glad to hear so far reports have not said anything about that. So Chelsea's still healthy. That's good. Definitely one of the best matches on the card. The X Division title match between Mike Bailey and Trey Miguel. These guys just tore the house down. Uh, Mike Bailey, speedball, legit one of the fastest guys I've ever seen. He literally laid it all on the line here and just hit a classic with Trey Miguel. Uh, Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie defeated the influences. Giselle Shaw and Tinell Dashwoods. I kind of didn't know what to expect with this just because of the fact that uh, Madison Rain was out, so they had to put in, like, somebody to fill in that spot. So Giselle Shaw kind of put in her spot for this. And honestly, I will say this, that she mentioned the fact, like, a week prior, that she was a transgender woman, which, in all honesty, I never would have guessed that. I There was, like, no, no, nothing on there that made me think that she was ever, you know, transgender. But very happy that, you know she let you know she let the world know and she's she's living her dream and she's definitely setting an example for people in the community because so far i've not heard anything bad about giselle shaw she seems very nice she seems very um she seems like she definitely has a passion for this business and i'm hoping for nothing but success for giselle uh match itself was pretty good um i really still wish that it's rosemary and Alley, from uh, AEW, because as much as you know, you could put so much onto Ty Valkyrie. I just really think Rosemary and Alley was the way to go. This crazy uh, matchup here, the ten man tag between Honor No More and uh, AMW Heath and the Good Brothers, just flat out fun. It's a fun matchup. Everybody literally just showcased everything here. Uh there is some dissension in the ranks because of PCO. But I think PCO is gonna definitely look like a big star going forward into this. Uh oh gosh, this matchup. Uh the Clockwork Orange House of Fun match between Sammy Callahan and Moose. So Moose picks up the win here because of some interference. To which I am still looking up the individual who was in that match. I I can't seem to find him. But these guys had chairs and barbed wire. And they had Legos and broken glass. Just literally laid it on the line. And Raven's on commentary. And while everybody's just like, oh my god, this is insane. Raven's just like, yeah, it's crazy. But it's also very beautiful, like a, I think he said like a harmony of uh, havoc. I want to say, like I said, he's literally playing so melancholy during this matchup that you kind of love it even more, just because he's literally just like, yes, my children, yes, destroy each other, <laughs> just, just destroy each other. Jordan Grace retains her uh, knockouts world championship. Against Tasha Steels in what was a, another really good matchup, the women definitely are being showcased very well in TNA Impact Wrestling. Everybody is getting their shot. Everybody's getting their time to shine, and I'm very interested to seeing where Jordan Grace kind of goes from here because she had the l- longest reign I think as Impact Worlds on uh, Impact Knockouts type uh, world champion for a while. So. Kind of seeing where she kind of goes from here. Uh then we have Joshua Alexander taking on uh, Joe Doring from a Violet by Design for the Impact World Championship. Another really good matchup. Josh Alexander, absolutely talented, and Joe Doring definitely showcasing that he is gonna be he is definitely gonna be a big star as well. Not just for his size, but he just really fits the look. Uh now the question is what's next? And honestly, there's just so much that's happening with Impact Wrestling that I'm just absolutely excited. I'm looking forward to seeing how everything goes from here. And with everything that has happened with Impact Wrestling, they had Slammiversary, then they followed up with Against All Odds. Honestly, if you were to ask me, well, okay, give me, you know, give a, excuse me, give like an honest like grading for this, I would honestly give this a solid B. Because the fact is that obviously it's a bit of a rush show, but I still felt like it didn't disrupt the flow of anything in Impact Wrestling. Like this could have probably been matches we could have seen on Impact T V. But we got it on Impact Plus. We got it as a pay per view. And to be honest, it was still a really good pay per view. I could not think of a matchup on there that I like hated. It was honestly, it it was fun. It was another fun show. So, all right. That is going to do it for me here at Price for Impact. You can definitely follow me on Twitter and Instagram. As I said before, at Game. Feel free to also check out my other podcasts, uh, The Game Changer Podcast, where I talk about pop culture, wrestling, everything else in between that I can think of. Uh, Definitely check out everybody else on Radio at Attic underscore Wrestle. You can check out myself the Kings of the Rings, Fretzelmania, as well as the Young Lions perspective. We're in the month of July, guys. Time to celebrate Mercaday And we're also going to be celebrating the fact that wrestling is still good. It's still fun. And we still keep it positive here on Attic Radio. So thank you so much for listening in. And I'll see you guys on the next episode because now we're going back in time to a, Against All Odds 2005. And trust me, guys, we still have a ways to go. And just remember, someone's gonna kill you. Someone's gonna kill you. Yeah, we're in the year of Joe, so be on the lookout.